This is Deborah DeYoung. I'm a design and behavioural analyst, and this podcast is an opportunity for me to chat with industry colleagues discussing identity and behavioural design identity, or, in simple terms, who we are and how we prefer to surround ourselves. Whether you realise it or not, your environment affects you. It's not just about the aesthetics. It's where we discover how to understand ourselves, communicate better with the people in our worlds, understand how to create our own ideal homes and workplaces, and all build environments that are conducive to productivity and joy. Join me today's podcast as we dive a little deeper into this fascinating field. Today we've got the fabulous Will Stewart with us and Will it's an absolute pleasure to have you joining us this afternoon. Thank you very much indeed for having me. You look like a ray of sunshine. Oh well you know what it's we're in COVID in Sydney right now which isn't much fun Mm. and so I have this lovely biophilic background behind me. I'm sure we're going to dig some of that data out of you today but you know hey I had to put myself in a little garden. Perfect absolutely Now, listen, I I don't want to give a bow because I want to drag some info out of Will personally. Tell us, in a snapshot, who is Will and possibly history into present day? So, you know, the abridged version is born in England, raised in England, moved to Australia in 2007 um, with an investment bank, got made redundant in 2013, ended up on reality TV um, and ended up winning um, a cooking show called My Kitchen Rules which then catapulted me into the food and hospitality industry. Um, I've run some restaurants um, with Butcher and the Farmer. Um, and then I do a lot of content creation for various brands um, in and around, particularly locally in Sydney at the moment. Uh, I do a little bit of writing from a local magazine called The North Sider, which is great. Um, but yeah, just immersed in food. Wow, fantastic. So totally polar extreme careers, right? completely different careers um unexpected redundancy if i'm honest and certainly an unexpected trip on reality television um but it certainly opened my eyes up to a a whole different industry um that i'm proud to say i'm part of that's fantastic i did myself i spent five years at channel line actually seven years at channel line doing lifestyle shows as a presenter designer in the renovation space and it's it's such a fun space to be in when you're creating great content right Absolutely. I love being on television and it's not the being on TV and being seen. It's it's the machine that's behind the lens that's exciting. Everybody knows their role um, in the in the in their jobs and they do it with good grace, humour, fun and everybody gets things done. And and that's, you know, very different to my experience, I guess, from a corporate um, absolutely and and uh, I guess you know with television too it gives you what I found it gives you influence so you suddenly have a voice into spaces that you didn't previously have do you find that that's the case for you absolutely the, the number of doors that opened as a result of as you say being on television was phenomenal and you know I've done things that I would never dream of having thought to have done before you know I've cooked at some of the most prestigious food festivals here in Australia you know gone up to Gourmet Escape um, which was you know pretty much the pinnacle of the food scene here in Australia Um, running a restaurant redesigning a menu making that um, profitable um, was an incredible achievement Um, Mm. getting to see your face on the box as well like it's great 
Yeah, well, I think you have to be that sort of temperament, don't you? You have to be, you have to be not be afraid of being visible. If you want to be invisible, don't get into television, right? No, exactly. Um, and it's fun, you know. And again, I've been again, the Australian. I call Australia home now, and I've been welcomed with open arms by the vast majority of Australia. And you know, I'm extremely grateful for that. And you know, people smile and they want to come and talk and have a chat. And it's you know, I love that. I, lo I love meeting people and engaging. I guess with with everyday Australians. So obviously you've come from a corporate background, you're currently in television and cooking and visible and uh, what, you know, what, what's the most pleasurable part of being involved in your industry or what you're doing right now? Where do you uh, find the most pleasure? I think inspiring others to cook, I think, has been um, one of the, the most enjoyable and rewarding things, um, particularly in the current COVID um, situation that we find ourselves in. Um, people asking for recipes, wanting to join in, looking at my little videos that I post on social media and things, and, and people are really engaged by that. Um, but I think the, you know, and, and that's what I guess being on television has enabled me to do. You get that presence, people know you for something, and then they, they sort of follow your journey and your, your, your own dreams. And it's, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, inspiring others, I think. Oh, I love that. Inspiring others. Look, my, my own history, I've got a little bit of hospitality in there. This is the bride strip bear, right? My own history with hospitality came when I was cabin crew. So as a 20 year old, I went, look, I want to travel around the world. And the, the, the easiest way for me to do that was for Mr. Qantas to pay. So I was, you know, the, the, the trolley dolly and the hostie with the mostie. And um, the, the most exciting thing about it was the professional fiddle in looking after people. Um, mm -hmm. There was a real joy and pleasure that comes from, you know, you've got 401 bums on seats and for them to get on an aircraft and leave going, that was a fabulous experience. It was something lovely about bringing something beautiful to the table. So I yeah. guess the question I have for you is, um, is there a joy or pleasure that comes with your own involvement in bringing something beautiful to the table from a cuisine perspective? What, what, what's that about for you? Yeah, again, it's about creating experiences um, for people and the food is one component of that. And, and I guess as, a, as a, a cook, a chef, you've got to be able to create memorable experiences consistently because at the end of the day, you want patrons to return to your venue. And if I'm hosting an event, I want people to walk away remembering that. And, and that's what food allows me to do um, from my own personal you know, perspective in terms of my contribution to a restaurant or to, a, to an event or to you know, whatever I put my mind to or you know, what I'm engaged to do. And you, know, that you want people to walk away with a memorable experience and they think you know, that, was, that was incredible. And you make people feel welcome. And so some of the events that I've been involved with, with some, um, some brands, and they vary the brands that I work with, but in particular, certain wine brands that I've, I've done work for, where you know, we're creating immersive experiences, water taxis, mm. coming onto cellar doors at sea and serving up food and just creating those moments that people hopefully can cherish. Because at the end of the day, a, a customer is parting ways with their own money and they want they deserve to be treated with the utmost respect they're, they're precious they, you know they pay pay your bills at, at the end of the day and i think that providing you a 
you, know, you need to be polite, accommodating, and just make them welcome so that it's enjoyable for the consumer. And and what is it you're talking about? Um, making it experiential, you know, when you're looking after people. So what what is it? I mean, is it is it about stimulating the senses? What 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 makes them commit their time with you to memory? Where are the touch points? And that's a really interesting question, you know, having worked in the restaurant space and seeing exactly what it is from front to back. If I just look at the food to begin with, I look at things, you know, you eat with your eyes is a, is a cliche, but you really do. Some things could taste absolutely fantastic, but you won't put your fork in there because it doesn't look appealing. And there are certain dishes from certain parts of the world where that is absolutely the case. And the food absolutely tastes far much better than, than it looks. Then you've got a bit sight of the, obviously the nose and the aroma that comes off the dish. You can put theater into it by, you know, lifting a cloche and the smoke billows out from underneath it and everything, you know, you look at somebody like um, Grant Collins in Gin Lane over, I mean, Chip, I think it's Chippendale, it's the suburb, but it's, it's all about the theatre and that, and that theatre is what drives those memorable experiences. Taste is one component of it, but you look at the smoke coming out of the drinks, the bubble bursting, the sparkler at the top, and you're just mesmerised. And that, that's what really creates a memory, you know. And, you know, coming back to the food point, the taste is just that one, one component. It's, it's funny that you mentioned theatre because... I'm, I'm two things by trade. One is an interior designer mm -hmm. and the other one is a human behavioural analyst. And with interior design, it, I, you know, I can work in the event space where you're doing event styling. You can work in residential. You can work in commercial. You can do, um, you know, hotels and that industry. But here's the reality. It's all theatre. You're, you're, you're creating a set in every in every aspect, you're creating, you know, you're going into somebody's home and creating a scene for them, or you create in a hotel, or you're doing an RSL or an aged care. It's all theatre. It is right down to the piece, the plate on which, or the fork you use, the knife you use, the glassware, the table. Lighting is critical in in those things, and that all adds together. All of these little bits and pieces come together to create mm. the memory that drives a consumer to remember that memory it's, it's everything together it's not just one individual component so when, when designers create hospitality venues or hotels and restaurants mm -hmm. they're designing for many temperaments and cultural experiences mm -hmm. so what what is the important for you to see in such a design to enhance the experience i mean we're, we're designing for such a variety of people how, you know from your perspective how do you see that I think it's interesting. I think that we nowadays with, again, social media gets blamed for a lot of things, but variety and, op and options are available to us all and the consumer is fickle. People will jump on a bandwagon very quickly for the latest, greatest, newest, trendiest um, thing they want to show off. And is that going to create a, an environment for a customer to return? Because you can have all of the theatre and things, but you've got to realise that somebody else is also going to have the theatre. They're also going to be doing their own different spin. And I think that we need to, you know, when designing 
venues, whether uh, venues and experiences, we've got to think of how do we maintain our customer base? And that is, again, that comes down to customer service, for example, which is another side of the experience that we haven't talked about. But that it all again all adds together to make to make that experience. We've we've got a mutual friend. I'm laughing because uh, uh, I I don't know whether you know Adrian Ramsey. Do you know Adrian Ramsey? I know Gordon Ramsey. Oh, close, but no, it could be a cousin. Adrian's a very dear mate in Noosa. There's a designer, and he's when I went was living in Noosa for a little while. I met Adrian, and I felt like I'd met one of my tribe because. Similar disposition, the animation, the right brain. And I look at you and I go, yeah, he's just one of my tribe. But you and I share a mutual friend in Callie Vandermeer. And yeah. Callie, Callie is like a distant tribe. You know, he's he's extremely intelligent, has a high IQ, high EQ, and is incredibly detailed. And, you know, exceptionally, exceptionally detailed. And so I laugh with Callie because... I love what his mind brings to the space when it comes to behavioural design in restaurants. And I love what you bring as a different tribes person. And I think sometimes we have to be from polar extreme tribes in order to create that experiential moment. Have you worked with Kelly or done some stuff with him? Absolutely, I have. The first time I met him, we were looking at a refurb on an old pub in the rocks. And this guy walked in, he's about six foot seven. He's got these cool, funky glasses. He's so trendy. And you could just see his brain working, very um, reserved and very thoughtful. And he's just an intriguing man and a wicked sense of humor. But his attention to detail and looking at what it is about, you can see him analyzing how is he going to get the best out of the consumer within that space? And it's fascinating when you sit down and talk with him, hearing about, and it was another side to it that I had never seen before. Obviously, I've come from banking, I've gone into a kitchen, I'm cooking and creating dishes. Somebody talking me through, okay, how are we going to design this space to elevate your food? How are we going to design this space to bring people in? And, it's, and it was fascinating working with him. And yeah, continue to catch up with him over beers and wings in the local. And and do you? Yeah, actually, I, he did tell me that. <laughs> how? What What is it from his designs that you have enjoyed? How How have they enhanced what you bring to the table? And do you think that they have? They absolutely have. You know, you look at um, butcher and the farmer over in the tram sheds, and it's a very it's a large space but you still feel, it still feels intimate. You've got, you know, his lighting, the choice of seats, the textures that he puts into the, whether it be a table or a, a bar furniture, it's, it's all very clever and thought out. And it makes you feel that you want to stay. You want to sit down, you don't want to get up and leave. And that's what I think his designs for me personally, have brought out. I think that, you know, you look at Butcher and the Farmer, Italian Street Kitchen, and a couple of you know, the six-head restaurant that he created or designed down in um, Campbell's Cove is one of the most, or becoming one of the most recognisable steakhouses in Australia. And you look at the design that's gone into that and every touch point tells a story. 
and people are intrigued by that and that's exciting to um for a for a listener or a, a an attendee that's come go a, a patron of the the venue they want they're intrigued and they want to go back and they want you know it's, it, again it comes back to that whole experience of, of of a restaurant and he's created that there i did have a conversation with kelly recently where we reiterated that the things that you remember are often stories you know somebody can give you content or powerpoints or um you know book after book and page after page of facts but the things we tend to remember is when someone reiterates a story you know they'll they'll paint a picture of them in a certain situation or recall a story and so mm -hmm. i think i think we are we 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 as human beings will recall a story so much easier than we recall data you've only got to look at the world memory champions Every, consistently you hear it's like, how do you remember a deck of cards and the way they remember a deck of cards isn't by remembering the suit and they, rem they tell a story they create stories they create characters they create memories in their brains that they can then recall and, and I think the same applies to again design and menu development and things it's you're trying to tell a story you look at nail restaurant for example one of my favourite places to dine in Sydney. He tells stories, every single one of his menus, he'll have a three month rotation and he tells different stories. And you go there and you walk through this magical world like Alice in Wonderland and he's got all of his dishes touch and tell that story and you walk away mesmerised, but you remember it. And, and you know, it's storytelling through food. Well, that's what I'm, that's probably where I'm going. I go, you know, is it, is it holistically in a restaurant? Is it the story that they're attracted to? And what stories does Will try to create? Stories that I, you know, my food isn't fine dining. So my food's very, very accessible food. And I want to take away, I guess, a little bit of the mystery around certain techniques and, and things. For example, making pasta people it's a daunting prospect cooking a a, a a duck breast crispy skin succulent delicious they're not hard if you know how that those to be able to make those things but you've just got to be shown mm. and I think that from a storytelling perspective my story is very much home cooking that then had to be turned into restaurant quality food in a very short space of time that then moved into operating a restaurant it, it, I've, I've learned so much and, and that's my story and my story is real and you can see that and you can see the progression and the steps taken to get to a point and so that's my my personal story and so that's what you know it's that's authentic and I think people can get blindsided by over, overthinking perhaps the story that they're trying to tell in the restaurant space because you know you look at a, there's a um a laksa restaurant on hunter street no bells or whistles about that place but you know when you go there you are going to have a memorable dining experience grumpy like grumpy lady behind the counter but absolute knockout food consistently 
you know what you're getting when you go there and that you know that then you go to Nell that I just talked about Nell where he'll walk you through this wonderland with nitrogen and steam and smoke and fire and all of that it's if there's there's a time and a place for everything I guess and, and you can have a story in a place that is your ten dollar or you can spend 500 a head and have a very different story but they still hold the same value intrinsically I had um uh, I'm, I'm actually it belonged to a group, a, a cabin crew group, where we often recall memories. And I'm obviously, because Mr. Qantas was paying, have travelled the globe. And um, last evening, somebody sent me a message about, do you remember when we went for a meal um, in in Kariba, in Wangi, in South Africa? And it was in the tree huts. And you go up to the tree huts and you've got locals cooking in mm. this space. And it, it's got this whole, you talk about theatre. And then I think about Singapore and going to um, high tea at Raffles. And, yeah. you know, you've got the Maharaja turbaned hat inviting you in and you feel like a princess for the day because they're yeah. pulling out the chair for you and serving you you know petit foires and and a cup of tea in a fine bone china cup but it's again it's all theater you know it's all it it's creating a space that um that stamps a memory for you from a yeah. design perspective and so so please Sorry, no i was going to say so what you I mean you're talking about your favorite you're talking about mem memories for you. What what are your favourite restaurants or spaces to eat in from? Again, I find this a very tricky question because it depends on what mood I'm in and how much money I've made for the past. <laughs> you know, it, it, can, it can really vary. You know, I touch on Nell and that's fine dining, exquisite food, extremely specific execution, magical. I was fortunate enough to dine in Tetsuya's. Phenomenal, but a very different atmosphere in there. There's, it's a very quiet, sedate, it's relaxed, the focus is on the food. I got to go into the kitchen and it's quiet as a mouse in there. Then, you know, the, the, like I said, the Malaysian place on Hunter Street, which is just delicious. It's in and out and you're not sticking around for too long. Then there's Marrickville Pork Roll, if you're gonna grab a takeout. I'll drive there for their bar me queue up outside with a mask on, grab a, the most delicious takeaway sandwich. Um, and so th there are places all over Sydney or, and Australia that, I, you know, I can't put my finger on on one, you know, I really can't. Like I went to, a, a there was a, a Chicago-style pizza place, a neutral bay called Mutt's Pizza, and I've never had a Chicago-style pizza before. And I was in heaven, you know, I'd, you know, I'm not shy in saying I'm a little carrying a little bit of extra kilos, and I can't blame COVID because it happened long before. But you know, I sat there and it's like this deep pan, and it was it was just outstanding. And as a memory, it's like the guy comes over, he's got this enormous knife that's far too big for the job it's required for. In he goes, and it's just oozing cheese, and it's just delicious. And it's you know, but it, again, it, there's no bells or whistles on that, but that's a memorable dining experience for me. But it's creating. I'm just trying to think of another place that just sprung to mind. It'll it'll come to me, and I'll interject on the wrong question. Yeah. Well, it's it's creating those experiences every time, and I think, as I say, like my my two skill sets in human behavioural analytics and design. And there's also that behavioural science behind creating great spaces. So something that Callie and I share a passion for is things such as 
If a chair is 15 centimetres lower, people stay and linger longer in the space. Right. If, okay. if they have something behind them, there's a sense of safety and security. So they prefer to have, you know, that sense of safety. I'll stay. I'm not, I'm, I, there's no predator behind me. So they'll stay. It's, it's also from a design perspective. But for, for me, I'm, uh, there, there's four fundamental temperaments. Goal setter, lifestyle, stability and information. A goal setter, it's all about the status pieces. So when he comes into a space like a restaurant, Mm-hmm. He wants to sit at the most important table, right? Because yeah, okay. he knows people. People need to know that he's of value, and you know he's got the the seven series beamer out the front, he's and he wants, point. yeah, yeah. And then we've got the lifestyle temperament. It's all about the animation and the flamboyance, and they want a table where they can move their arms around and be visible and be seen. But then we've also got. Um, stability person where it's easy going I don't want to be seen I actually want to tuck myself into a little corner and I want to people watch because I don't really want to be the center of attention and then there's um, there's there's what's the other one uh, stability lifestyle information information it's all about the detail so yeah. they they they're the, they're, they're the introverts I mean I'm in that, I'm an outgoing introvert right so love people but need my space and want to people watch a little bit too and just have my downtime because you and I exude so much energy out there in the rest of the world that you go okay need to top my cup up now a little bit yeah and so and so you know that person actually needs a secure space in in a restaurant so from a design perspective you need all of those spaces in a in a in a restaurant so you feel comfortable yourself and and you can walk in and say where do I want to sit yeah. you find people want that sort of thing they do. And what you just spoke about reminded me of an experience I had down in Melbourne where there's a restaurant called Pellegrini's and it's quite well known for its gnocchi and, and things. And I went there um, with a couple of people and it was like, we don't have any seats. It's like, okay, that's not a problem. We can wait unless you want to sit in the kitchen was the answer. And there was, so they've got this huge wooden table. You go in there, you're sitting with complete strangers around this table watching them create the, the magic that is Pellegrini's. So you have, yeah. And so there were seats at the bar out the front. There were tables and chairs for if you wanted that experience. But sitting there in the kitchen watching the, the nonna stirring her, you know, incredible sauces and the aroma coming out and the orders coming through. My mouth's watering. I'm sorry if you're, <laughs> that, if you're picking that up on the microphone. Thinking about that whole experience. And did you want to jump up and help them? Did you want to go jump jump up and put your apron on and play? Absolutely not. (laughs) Exactly where I was enjoying enjoying the fact that I wasn't under the pressure. Oh, that's hysterical. (laughs) So look, you know, we're in a really weird season at the moment. We're obviously in COVID and we're we're webinaring and live streaming and Uber eating and all of that. Tell me about how life has been for you during COVID? Has it changed who you are and what you're doing? Well, it it absolutely has. And unfortunately, just like anybody else, lots of work dried up, particularly in in the sort of the event hosting and event hosting space. And so a lot of things shifted to virtual. So there were lots of online cooking classes I was doing um, for various clients. And because obviously businesses are looking at ways of driving or keeping uh, employee motivation going so it's like a cooking class is a great idea you send the shopping list out and away you go and I think that that has absolutely influenced 
um, me personally, because it, but, but that allows me to, to, it feels like I'm connecting one-to-one -one with each person as I cook something and they cook along. Um, obviously the food delivery services um, are becoming more and more and more apparent in, in the industry and they've actually helped a lot of restaurants, I guess, in this current time to keep their, you know, a little bit of income coming in as we're allowed to offer, you know, those takeaway um, services. I think people are itching to get back out and into restaurants because they want that experience. They don't want to be cooking at home. They don't want to be having things delivered to their door. Yes, it works, it's convenient and what have you, um, but they want to be back out and, and eating out. And I think we'll see that it's, it's rock hard for the guys because the problem that we have with the lockdowns is that they're happening such last minute. And so if you have a, you know, they, they put the Sydney lockdown in, was it two weeks ago on, on a Friday and they gave people uh, the, the venues four hours notice. Now, yeah. the venue's done its ordering for the next two days. If they cancel their order, they'll, if they can, they get penalized. Then the person selling the prod, prod, produce where do they send it? And so the knock-on effects ripple through from, you know, your supplier, you know, from the front to the back and back to the front. And it's, and it's really hard. And so that, that's, I think, the difficulty of the situation that we're in at the moment is, is that knock-on effect or the, the last-minute nature of, of what we're dealing with at the moment. And do you think, I mean, talking about the change with, that we've had with COVID, do you think it will change the way that we either design or dine. Has COVID have any, had any ramifications on that for you? Um, I think people are gonna to wanna to still eat out, but what they're gonna do is they're gonna to go to the places that they remember because the trendy places, I'm fairly certain people will have forgotten about. And so when people get the opportunity to go back somewhere, it's gonna, cause I know for me, I know exactly where I'm going. I'm going to my local boozer because I haven't been there for and it'll be three weeks by the time I get to go and sit and have my time. You look, you look very annoyed about that too, by the way. What? Sorry? You look really annoyed about that too. Oh. <laughs> In the reason it's like my stool's getting cold. <laughs> <laughs> Give anyone and like it, and again, it's you, you talk about design and, and places to go. I've got a seat in this pub, I go and I'll sit on my own, like an alky. I'll go and sit on my own. I'm not bothered by anybody, it's in the way, the way of everybody else. It's like it's just a high stool at the table, but I'm not bothered by anybody. I feel comfortable, I feel at home, and it's where I want to go to when I first allowed out the apartment door. I, I think we might um, have to plan a pint for that that uh, exit strategy, I think so. Uh, look, I just, I we could talk about this all day, you and I, and I think we could definitely do that. But I know that I'm excited about what's coming up. We've got a VIP event coming up soon, and we're talking about behavioural design in restaurants. So tell us what our VIP guests can expect that evening from Will Stewart. Well, for me, again, again we're going to create an experience for people my little contribution to the experience will be some food. I want people to taste my food. I want them to enjoy what I'm making um, or, or what they're going to be eating. But I'll also hopefully show people, I'll do a cook, um, 
and just take people through a couple of the canapes or however we decide to to showcase the food live on stage and so people can walk away and go i really enjoyed that and now i can make it as well and i think that that's what i want to be able to do i want to impart i've got no secrets i don't think um well i've got a few but not for this audience <laughs> um, but i want to be people to walk away with a great memory of you know what i'm excited about is learning more from Kali. Kali is um like i said he's a he's a, he's a good friend um but, but he's an interesting guy and i want the opportunity to talk i want to grill him actually i've got a few questions up my sleeve for him um, but yeah, ultimately, I want people to really enjoy the food that they eat, learn something on the night, whether that be about design, the thought process that goes into how do we design for human behavior, whether that be physically in the, the space and the food, or is it the the ambience that you set with the lighting, etc. Um, and just, you know, have a fabulous, informative evening. Sounds like a plan. So looking forward to that evening together. Tell us, uh, Will, how can people reach you at the moment? How's the best, what's the best way to get hold of you and your products and what you're doing? So I've, obviously I have a social media account with um, uh, Will Stewart. So that's just at Will Stewart, nice and easy. Um, same on uh, Facebook. And then I've got my uh, Just Will Stewart website that's up and running. Um, so yeah, lots of, again, nice and easy recipes to follow. Um, yeah, so I guess that's probably the best way. Email, phone. I'm not sure I'm giving out my phone number. It's in a couple of phone boxes in and around London. Does it say for a good meal call? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Will Stewart. Overdues on the menu. Oh, that's incredibly funny. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you in, having yeah. a chat this afternoon. We so look forward to the event. And, um, yeah. Well, well, well let, let's flag that point. Yeah, let's do it. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Cheers. Thanks, Will. Cheers. Bye-bye.